Thank you for joining Bogard Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled Christ the Faithful Servant, a study through the Gospel of Mark. During this study, we will follow the life of Jesus and recognize that true greatness lies in manifesting the spirit of a servant. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Fall 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. The lesson for November 12, 2023 is entitled, The Pain of God's Servant. It comes from Mark chapter 14, verses 26 through 46. The key verse And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Mark chapter 14, verses 35 and 36. The application. The student will appreciate that Jesus agonized through prayer as he surrendered to God's perfect will. Seeking the context. It was late, possibly after midnight. In just a few hours at 9 a.m., Jesus would be hanging on the cross in agony. Mark chapter 15, verse 25. The stress was enormous, and a million things concerned Jesus. Judas, one of his own disciples, was about to lead a band of soldiers to the garden to betray him. Before sunrise, Peter, one of his closest disciples, would deny knowing him three times. The rest of the disciples would forsake him, leaving him alone with his arresters and abusers. Mark chapter 14 and verse 50. All the while, Jesus was concerned for the safety and well-being of his disciples. John chapter 18 verses 7 through 9. Jesus was thinking about the shame he was about to face. His own Jewish people would cry out, Crucify him! Mark chapter 15, verses 13 and 14. He was made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. What would it be like to bear the full weight of human sin? How unimaginably traumatic it would be to have his Father pour out the fullness of his wrath against sin upon him. He thought about those dark hours when the Heavenly Father must forsake His Son, enabling Him to suffer the full scope of death being separated from the Father. Mark chapter 15 and verse 34. It was the penalty that must be paid for the sins of humanity. Jesus had been the Son of God, enjoying the fellowship of oneness with the Father for all eternity. And yet for the first time, he would experience separation from God. Unimaginable. We cannot begin to fathom the deep suffering of our Savior. Jesus' suffering was not just the physical suffering of being beaten, the crown of thorns on his brow, pierced hands and feet, and the suffocating effects of hanging on the cross. No, his suffering went deeper to the unseen realm of the emotions and spirit. Jesus suffered in every possible way humans can suffer, and all of it came crashing down upon him 
as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. In today's lesson, we will get a glimpse into the Savior's agony as he suffered for our sake. Can you put into words the suffering of the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane? Searching the text. Number one, forsaken and denied. Mark chapter 14, verses 26 through 31. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spoke even more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Jesus had just finished a very special moment with the disciples, the last Passover, and the institution of the Lord's Supper. Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 26. Afterwards, they headed to the Mount of Olives, where the Garden of Gethsemane sat at its base. On the way, Jesus continued to explain to the disciples the ordeal they were about to face. He had told them recently, and on several occasions, he was about to be arrested, abused, and killed in Jerusalem. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 34, and Luke chapter 18, verses 31 through 34. Throughout the Passover and the Lord's Supper, Jesus told them that one of them would betray him, that his body would be broken, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-four, and that his blood would be shed. Now Jesus was telling them that on that very night, they were all going to be offended, caused to stumble, because of him. They were going to be scattered because the shepherd would be smitten, quoting Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 7. They were about to face a faith crisis like no other, but Jesus again told them of his resurrection to give them comfort and hope, Mark chapter 14 and verse 28. Can you imagine what these men were about to face? They would see their leader, for the last three years, whom they believed to be the Messiah, crucified, which was the worst kind of execution in the Roman Empire. Their leader would die as the worst of all criminals. Had everything they believed in and sacrificed for been a criminal sham? Do you not think their faith was shaken? And yet Jesus assured them with the resurrection. This is the same assurance and hope we have today. In the midst of a faith crisis, look to the resurrected Christ. Then Peter spoke up and gave his infamous to prison or death speech, refusing to believe he would ever be offended by Jesus or deny him in any way. Verses 29 through 31. See also Luke chapter 22 and verse 33. All the other disciples joined Peter and said likewise. They just did not understand. We know Jesus was right when he predicted Peter's three-time denial in just a few short hours and that all the disciples would forsake the Lord in that crucial hour. 
Mark chapter 14 and verse 50. It had to hurt being forsaken and denied by his closest friends. Jesus had earlier called them friends, saying, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. John chapter 15, verses 13 through 15. Jesus was a friend to them, but they failed to be a friend to him. This was just another deep cut in the suffering of our Lord. As a way of understanding Jesus' pain here, can you describe a time when you were forsaken or denied by supposed friends? Number two, sorrowful unto death. Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 41. And they came to a place which was called Gethsemane. And he said unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepeth thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye. And pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. In no other place in Scripture do we see the humanity of Christ more clearly than when he suffered in the garden. Most of us struggle to understand that Jesus was fully human with human weaknesses and limitations. We see the human weakness of our Savior as he battled his flesh, which did not want to go through the suffering of the crucifixion. Yet his spirit longed to obey the Father who had sent him. John chapter 4 verse 34, chapter 6 verse 38. Please do not misunderstand. Jesus committed no sin in the garden when he asked for the cup of his suffering to pass. But he was being tempted to escape the suffering. It is no sin to be tempted. For our Lord and High Priest was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. It is difficult to know exactly what Jesus was praying for when he asked the Father that the hour might pass from him and to take away the cup from me. Mark chapter 14 verses 35 and 36. How could Jesus prophesy his death and resurrection, verses 27 and 28, only to ask for an escape shortly afterwards? 
Some have suggested that Jesus was not asking to escape from the cross, but that he would not die from the stress of the moment. Jesus did say, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death, verse 34, and he may have meant this literally. Luke recorded that an angel came and strengthened Jesus in answer to his prayer, Luke chapter 22, verses 42 and 43. If it be the case that Jesus was about to die from sorrow, it shows just how deeply Jesus was suffering emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Jesus used the metaphor of drinking the cup to refer to his suffering before, Mark chapter 10, verses 38 through 39, and would again, later, in John chapter 18 and verse 11. I think Jesus was referring to the full scope of human suffering he would endure, which we cannot fully comprehend. It was the physical suffering, the emotional stress, the shame of crucifixion, and the most intense pain of divine wrath of God poured out upon him for the sins of every human being. As hard as it must have been, Jesus fulfilled it. He finished it. He did it by submitting to the Father's will. What an example for you and me. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 7 and 8 give us insight into what was going on in Jesus as he suffered in the garden, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Beginning with mentioning Jesus' flesh, his complete humanity, and describing Jesus' deep sorrow, shed tears, and prayers to the Father, the passage tells us that Jesus learned obedience through suffering. It is hard for me to understand that our always perfect Savior had to learn anything, but in the garden, Jesus learned how to be completely submissive to the Father's will in spite of his flesh's desire to escape the suffering. The emphasis here is not that Jesus asked for the cup to pass, but that Jesus submitted to the Father's will by saying, Not what I will, but what thou wilt. Mark chapter 14, verse 36. Jesus always does the right thing, and amidst this spiritual battle in the garden, he went to God in prayer. He also asked the disciples to pray, but they struggled with sleep. Jesus repeatedly woke the disciples because he, always the teacher, was trying to teach them what they needed to do at this difficult hour. This is important for us to learn as well. Though we will never be under a load of stress as Jesus was or suffer as deeply as he did, Jesus taught us to pray during times of stress and suffering. What do you think Jesus meant by saying, Take away this cup from me. Verse 36. Number three, betrayed by a kiss. Mark chapter 14, verses 42 through 46. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately, while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves. From the chief priest, and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, 
Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. During the Passover, Jesus revealed that one of the disciples would betray him. In John chapter 13 and verse 18, Jesus quoted a portion of Psalm 41 and verse 9, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trust, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. He was talking about Judas, of course, and Judas knew it. Jesus put a lot of trust in Judas, appointing him as treasurer of the group. John chapter 12 verse 6 and 13 verse 29. Jesus pointed out Judas as his betrayer by giving him a piece of bread, which was an act of friendship. John chapter 13 and verse 26. Only Jesus and Judas knew what was being communicated. But at that moment, Judas submitted to Satan and went out to betray the Lord. Jesus knew the resolve in Judas's heart and said unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. John chapter 13, verse 27. With a kiss of intimate greeting, Judas betrayed the Lord and signaled to the soldiers which of the men was Jesus. The Greek word for kiss has a word for love within it. It literally means to stoop down with love. But this kiss was not love, but a deceptive betrayal, and Jesus knew it. Luke recorded Jesus' words to Judas. Betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? Luke chapter 22 and verse 48. Jesus loved Judas, and Judas returned Jesus' love with betrayal, masquerading as love. This is just another hurtful moment suffered by our Lord. We know how things turned out for Judas, how he regretted his betrayal, tried to return the betrayal money, and committed suicide in remorse. Matthew chapter 27 verses 3 through 10. The Lord had warned Judas multiple times. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 25. John chapter 6 verse 64, 70 and 71. But his was the outcome of those who give their hearts over to sin and Satan. It would be wrong for us to say that Judas had no choice in the matter. He was not just an unwilling pawn in God's plan of redemption. Judas was responsible for his actions, as everyone is. Judas was lost for the same reason millions are today. He would not repent of his sins and believe in Jesus for salvation. How do you think Jesus felt when Judas betrayed him? Setting the Application Jesus was taken to endure the worst suffering ever experienced among humanity. He would willingly drink the cup that the Father had poured for him. It was in the realm of possibilities that Jesus could have stopped it at any time, but he would not. Matthew chapter 26 verse 53 and 54. Instead, because he loved the Father and us, he became the willing sacrifice for our sins. He laid down his life in love. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. As we have seen how Jesus learned obedience through suffering, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8, we too can learn to obey God amidst our suffering. When our flesh is screaming out for relief, 
we can submit to God's will for our lives, even if it is suffering. Jesus went to his Father in prayer as he fought the battle against his flesh and won. Prayer is also our means of winning the battle against our flesh. What battles are you fighting against your flesh right now? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue learning from Christ the Faithful Servant. Bogard Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all ministry resources you will need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.